If the point of your website is to generate leads for your business and you want to find out how to reverse engineer your competitors' best sales tactics, this episode is so for you. Because in this episode, I'm going to be sharing a process that you can use and that we've used for some of our clients to steal or reverse engineer your competitors' sales tactics. There's two versions of this podcast one version for our e-commerce friends, and then this version for our lead generation friends. So if your business offers a service or doesn't sell something directly, i.e. you're not an e-commerce business, this episode is for you. Of course, you're welcome to go and check out the e-commerce example as well, because there's loads of stuff which can translate to both types. But we wanted to make versions separate for e-commerce and lead generation because there is some stuff that is specific to each type. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which by the way is a digital marketing agency. We build websites and drive traffic to those sites through SEO, content marketing, pay-per-click, social media, and email marketing. This is what we do. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your site. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at competitor sales analysis. This is specifically for businesses that generate leads through their website. Today, we're going to be taking a little bit of a step into the unknown because we're going to be going beyond just digital marketing. Yep, crushing your competitors into the ground is going to take more than just listening to Exposure Ninja podcasts about CRO. We're going to need to look into your competitors' sales funnels too, and that's part of what we're going to be doing today. So we're going to be leaving the safety of website analysis and actually talking about secret shopping your customers as well. Buckle up, mes enfants. This is great fun. And before we get started, a quick example so we all understand what on earth I'm talking about. The example that we're going to use throughout today's episode is a business selling house surveys, i.e. before you move house, you want someone to check that the house you're about to buy isn't just about to fall into a big hole in the ground. Okay, so this is the example business that we're going to use throughout today's episode. The sales journey for someone buying from a business like this will probably be something like search Google for house surveyor or chartered surveyor in the city that they're buying in. They will probably open the Google search results page, click on a few tabs, open some of the ads, open some of the organic results, likely to take some sort of action on two or three of the websites that they've opened i.e. becoming a lead, filling in a contact form, giving them a ring. And then the customer is likely to just see what happens and go with the site, go with the business that basically drops the ball the least. Okay. Um, Before we start, let's talk about one element of this, which is the lead capture piece. So the action that we're asking people to take on your website. The goal of your website obviously is to generate the lead. And if you've listened to lots of Exposure Ninja stuff, you'll know we're very big on having a call to action on your site, which is compelling and attractive to people. So what are you doing to incentivize people to take the first step towards becoming a customer? This is what we call your call to action or your lead capture piece. Some key principles behind this. It needs to be something that is attractive to people. So they go, oh, that looks good. I'm going to fill in that form. I'm going to become a lead for this business. 
So typical CTAs would be things like free quote, maybe request an appraisal, book an assessment. There might be a meeting involved at some point. Whatever it is, there has to be some perceived value to the visitor. It has to get the visitor closer to their goals. But it should also be the first step in your sales process as well. The perfect call to action is something that both gets the visitor closer to their goals and has high perceived value, but also works really well for you because this is the thing that you need to do to qualify this customer. We work a lot with solicitors and law firms and one of the best calls to action in that space is book a free case assessment, okay? Do you have a case? What's the likelihood of you winning? That type of thing works well for the customer because it gets them closer to their goals, which is to get a resolution. Works really well for the solicitor or the claims company because this is the first thing that they need to do to establish if there's gonna be a case and if it's gonna make sense to work together, okay? So another great example of a lead capture or call to action thing is the Exposure Ninja free website and marketing review. You can feel the pitch coming. If you want some help generating more leads through your site, both by increasing your traffic and also increasing the performance of your site, you can go to ExposureNinja.com and request a free review. One of our team will spend 15 minutes putting together a video showing you how to generate more leads through your site and also having a look at your competitors they'll email this video over to you. This is a great call to action because number one, it has massive value to you. We've got hundreds of people that have given it amazing reviews online saying this is, you know, in some cases they've transformed their business as a result of the free review. I was talking to someone last week who actually wanted to sell us her business because it had grown on the back of implementing the advice in the review and it was now too big for her. So massive perceived value to the potential lead, but also works really well for us because it's the first step in our sales process. So if you want to become a client, we can talk about it. So that's the call to action piece. It's important that you've got something like that in place for your business. Okay, now let's talk about this competitor sales tactics reverse engineering thing. We're going to break down your competitor's sales process into a few key areas. Firstly, how this lead capture, this call to action thing is presented before the visitor gets onto the website. So when they search Google for whatever it is that you sell, what do they see in that advert or what do they see in that meta description which tantalizes them and gets them to click on your site? The next thing that we're going to look at is how the lead capture is presented on the website itself. Then we're going to look at the follow-up process. So what happens once someone becomes a lead? What happens between them becoming a lead and actually the sales meeting? We're going to analyze the sales meeting or the event or whatever consultation thing you have. We're going to analyze how your competitors are running this and where the low-hanging fruit might be. And then finally, we're going to look at what their follow-up process is with leads that don't turn into customers. Okay, so we've got five elements that we're going to have a look at in this podcast. Now, obviously, you know, each of these could be a three-week intensive course. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some top tips from the secret shopping of clients' competitors that we've done and running customer feedback sessions over the years. Then, of course, you can go and run this process for your competitors as well. But by giving you some tips, I'm giving you some stuff which is actionable and applicable if you find that your competitors suck in all of these areas, which, by the way, is a distinct possibility. Okay, first thing that we need to look at then, how is the lead capture, the call to action presented before somebody comes to your website? 
Remember the sales route that we talked about. If I'm moving house and I want to book a surveyor, I go onto Google and I type in something like chartered surveyor Bristol. Up comes four ads and a whole bunch of organic results. When somebody searches for a business like yours on Google, what do they see? They're probably going to see a similar sort of thing. There's going to be a bunch of ads. There's going to be a whole bunch of organic results as well. They're going to see two different approaches. Some of these businesses, they're ads or their meta descriptions, which are the bits of text that show in the search results, they're going to be designed to blend in. They're going to be designed to not stick their head above the parapet, not attract attention. They're going to try and look like everything else on that page. So they're going to talk about the fact that we offer this, we offer this, and they're playing it very safe. Then you're going to have other businesses which are trying to get that visitor. They're trying to get that searcher. They're trying to hook that searcher and drag them onto their website. So how do they do this? Well, they do this by offering a compelling way to start the sales journey in the ad itself. So in the video version of this podcast episode, we look at the search chartered surveyor Bristol. We've got four ads at the top of the page, and then we've got all the organic results underneath. One of the fascinating things that we notice on this page is that the ads are all run by lead generation companies. So they're not run by chartered surveyor firms. They're run by sites like localsurveyorsdirect.co.uk, which is basically just they're trying to capture the leads and then they're selling them to the chartered surveyors who can't get this stuff right. Okay, and these lead generation firms, they're willing to pay more per click because they've got their conversion funnel, they've got their sales funnel down. They know their numbers, they're doing a great job of this. What do they do differently that the chartered surveyors don't do, which means that the chartered surveyors can't afford to run ads for these terms and are forced to buy their leads from the lead gen companies? Well, the thing that the lead gen companies are doing is they're offering a quote in the ad copy. So the ad copy will say something like price comparison websites for house surveyors, multiple quotes, get best prices now, get quotes immediately, those sorts of things. So they're presenting the call to action before someone's even clicked on the site. If we have a look at the organic results, what we find is loads and loads of chartered surveyor firms and they're saying really boring things like Bristol Chartered Surveyors, Mags and Allen. Then the meta description says, Mags and Allen, residential and commercial property chartered surveyors, from surveys and valuations to expert witness reports and rent reviews. Okay, if I'm a potential customer for that, yes, it tells me that they might offer what I need. But where's the incentive? Where's the hook to get me on that page? There is none. There's absolutely no attempt to drag me onto that site. There's no incentive. I can't see the next step at all. If I go onto the site, I get a similar sort of experience. It's just a page of information about what they do. There's no attempt to have me become a lead. There's no form that says if you want a free quote or if you want to find out if we're able to help you put your details in here, there's just no attempt to do that whatsoever. So analyze your competitors and see how they are presenting their website in the search results. Are they pitching people on get a free quote, get a free consultation, come to our site for this? Two benefits of taking this approach. Firstly, it helps you to attract the most commercial intent visitors. If I'm looking to move now, if I'm looking to do something now, 
I'm going to be attracted to that sort of call to action in the ad copy. The second thing it does though is it pre-converts people. When I get onto that page, what am I tuned to look for? I'm tuned to look for the thing I've just clicked on. So if it says, get a free quote now, or get an instant quote now, or get a case assessment now in the ad, when I land on that page, what am I looking for? I'm looking for the free quote, the valuation. I'm looking for the case assessment form. So I'm much more likely to convert. So this, how the lead capture piece, how the call to action is presented prior to someone coming on the site is really important. The next thing that you want to analyze when you're digging through your competitor sales tactics is how the call to action is presented on the website. Now we cover this in loads of detail in other videos and podcasts about conversion rate optimization. So I'm not going to go into loads and loads of detail here, but I do want to point out some particular things that are relevant for lead generation businesses. So if we stick to our previous example of the chartered surveyors firms, again, we notice a marked difference in what happens when we go through to the websites. So the sites that are just designed to generate leads and they don't offer a chartered surveyor service at all, when you click on their site, you go straight through to a form. The form asks you to fill in all your details and get a quote. When you go onto a chartered surveyor site, you're not asked to fill in a form at all. Instead, you're asked to read a long page of boring text about the different types of survey they offer. Which is better? Well, I know which way generates more leads and that's the form. But the chartered surveyor sites think that they need to have all this information about all of this different stuff. All most people really want to do is stick their info in a form and get a quote, right? The sale isn't going to happen because someone's read five pages of copy on your site. The sale is going to happen because you've started a conversation with them. So if you have to generate leads, if you want to generate leads for your business, give people a very simple way to take the next step by putting a form on every single page of your site that is designed to generate leads. And by the way, that is every single page of your site. If you're forcing people to dig around to find your contact details or to put their info in a form, yes, you're going to get some of them. But this approach is like, you know, imagine that you walk into a retail store, remember them, and they've taken away the checkout, they've taken away the till, they've taken away all the sales assistance, all you've got is a whole bunch of products and you're forced to wander around and figure out how to buy from it on your own. Some people are going to do it. Some people are going to walk to the back of the store and yell, excuse me, can I buy this thing? But most people aren't. They're just going to wander around, bemused and then leave. And it's exactly the same on your website. When we find a site that has like a 0.5% conversion rate, it's typically because they're not actually asking their customers to take the next step and they're not being clear about what that next step is. Okay, the third element that you want to be looking at when you're analyzing your competitor's sales process is their follow-up. So at this point, we're going to move from looking at digital marketing to look at what happens when your competitors take the sales process offline. When you fill in the form on their site, or when you give them a ring, or when you put some info in the live chat, what happens? When we're secret shopping for our clients, here are some of the things that we track. Firstly, we'll set up a spreadsheet and we'll track what time we submit the form. We'll then track what sort of notification do we get? Do we get an immediate text message that says, hey, thank you for requesting your free audit. We'll be in touch within 24 hours with your, you know, whatever the thing is, right? Do we get an email that says, hey, you know, thank you for requesting this. Here's what's going to happen. As a potential customer, would you understand exactly what to expect 
what's going to happen next in the process or would you be left a little bit uncertain? This is a really important point because the more your prospects are left uncertain about your sales process, the more likely they are to open a whole bunch of other tabs on Google and go and try a bunch of your competitors. If they don't know that they're in good hands and they don't know what's going to happen next, they will hedge and they will go to other options. If they go on your site to request your whatever, your free teeth whitening consultation and they put their details in the form and immediately they get a text message saying, thank you for requesting a teeth whitening consultation. One of the team will be in touch within one working hour to arrange a convenient time for you to come in and book your, you know, whatever the thing is, right? If they get that, then they feel safe. They feel secure. They feel like you're handling them. And this is a great way of de-risking and uh, kind of removing that uncertainty and the objection from you. What time does your competitor get back to you? We track this as well. So what's the first time we actually hear from a person? Who is the person that contacts you and what is their role? Are they a salesperson? Are they a consultant? Are they trying to pre-qualify? Or is this the actual expert behind the business? Is there a sales team? And by the way, if you're doing sales calls, if you're involved in any part of the sales process, you are in the sales team. What's the script that this person's using and how good is it? For example, I remember mystery shopping for one of our clients and uh, the lady who answered the phone, absolutely lovely. In fact, she was so lovely, she spent the call trying to save me from buying from them. Now, this was a bit weird. She didn't know I was mystery shopping them, but actually, oddly, I would have been in the market for what they were selling. I actually could have bought from one of our clients, but I didn't because this amazing character just seemed completely against selling to me. And what came from this was that the team doing these follow-up calls had very little monitoring by the business. They weren't working to targets, they weren't working from scripts, and honestly, they probably weren't in the right job. Meanwhile, when I was mystery shopping their competitors, all of their competitors were extremely convincing. A number of the people who called me, I actually wanted to hire because they were such fantastic sales slash consultants. They were working from a very clear list of questions and I always felt like I was in good hands. I was being taken care of and I was going through a replicated process. So it doesn't matter what your website's conversion rate, if the sales team is dropping the ball on these calls, you're not gonna be getting the growth that you could. I was talking to a client just yesterday at the time of filming this and their site had generated five leads that day, which should have been a record for them. But guess what? They're not selling any of these leads. We look into the sales process. They're leaving it way too long between generating the lead and actually contacting that person. Their competitors have moved on in the space. Their competitors are immediate text notifications, much more rapid calls back, and it's a completely different experience. So if this is you, you might be losing out and you don't know that you're losing out because you haven't mystery shopped your competitors. Then think about what's the next step? What is the purpose of that contact? Are they trying to push you into a meeting? Are they sending you over a quote or a proposal? How is this presented? Is it just text and an email? Is it proposal software? So you're basically going through the lead process as if you were a customer and just looking at what's happening along this sequence. You can even timeline this in a spreadsheet if you want. Do this across all of your competitors and you start to build up a pattern of what best practice is in the industry. And by the way, 
Before we go into the last couple of tips, if you've enjoyed this podcast episode and you love geeking out on digital marketing and generating more leads for your business, then we share pretty much everything that we learn running digital marketing for hundreds of businesses each year through this podcast and through our YouTube channel at Exposure Ninja. So just click subscribe and don't forget to leave us a review if you've enjoyed it and we'll be injecting fresh knowledge and observations directly into your brain via your ears on a weekly basis. It's nowhere near as painful as it sounds. And by the way, also, if you want some help generating more leads through your site, both by increasing the amount of traffic you're getting to your site, but also increasing your conversion rate, then I have something free for you. It's called the Exposure Ninja website and digital marketing review. Our agency, Exposure Ninja, offers it at absolutely no cost and no obligation, and here's how it works. If you wanna generate more leads through your site, go to ExposureNinja.com and click the big button. A form will open asking you a few questions about your business, your digital marketing, and your goals. One of our team will then go and research your site your traffic generation and also your competitors and they will put all of their recommendations into a 15 minute video showing you the priority actions to take to increase the volume of leads that you generate over the next 12 months. They'll email this video to you within two to three working days usually. There's no obligation to use our services on the back of this but of course we're happy to have that conversation if you do need help in this area. So go to ExposureNinja.com and request your free website and digital marketing review today. Okay, back to the competitor sales analysis. The next element that you're going to be analyzing is the sales meeting. So if you don't feel comfortable doing this yourself and secret shopping your competitors yourself, you might wanna have someone else either in the business or family or friends do this for you. But it's really important to analyze this sales meeting or this sales call, whatever the event is, where someone becomes a customer. The most successful businesses that we've analyzed and worked with, they choreograph this meeting precisely they leave nothing to chance so when you're secret shopping your competitors do you get the sense that this meeting or this call has been choreographed precisely how closely is the person following the script not in is it feeling robotic but do they know the different components do they have a list of questions that they're working through do you get the sense that there is a set structure that they're working from or is it just a bit ad hoc, a bit of a general chit chat, and they're kind of hoping that you gradually just evolve into becoming a customer. As an example, when I was secret shopping uh, our competitors for one of our clients, I actually had some of their competitors' salespeople visit my house. This is a very rare case, but it was absolutely fascinating to see. Some of them sent texts beforehand, some of them just turned up, some of them were late, some of them arrived right on time, sent me a notification, some of them give me a call five minutes before. Some were dressed really smartly, some looked like they could potentially have been homeless, some turned up with a clear script, some just bumbled in and bumbled straight out. Fascinating experience and really useful to see what a difference there was in this particular market between a great sales meeting and a terrible sales meeting. Really useful feedback for our client there. Now the final piece of the puzzle, the final thing that you want to analyze when you're digging into your competitor sales tactics is what happens afterwards if you choose not to go ahead with them. So if you don't become a sale, if you don't become a customer for them, what happens to you now? Two very different possibilities. 
Some businesses, you will just become dead to them. You will never hear from them again. You're basically deleted from their world. Other businesses might put you into an email sequence that keeps you up to date or shares useful information. They might ask you for referrals from other potential customers. They might ask for your feedback on why you didn't become a customer. They might ask you to review, give them a review about the process. They might invite you to follow them on social. The best businesses realize that just because someone didn't become a customer doesn't mean that person has no value. That person is a potential follower, email subscriber, reviewer, raving fan, referral machine. You've already invested in getting them into your sales funnel and taking them part of the way through your sales process. You may as well extract maximum value. And yet for many businesses, if you don't become a customer on the first run through, you're dead. You'll never hear from them again. So when you're analyzing your competitors, don't become a customer and see what happens track how often you're getting email follow-ups from them from their general sequence. Do you ever get calls? Do you get any invitation at all to leave feedback on the process of not becoming a customer? It can be fascinating. Okay, so we've covered absolutely loads here and you're probably getting the sense that this stuff can be quite a lot of work. Yes, it can, but it can also be massively rewarding. You might find that your competitors suck in loads of these areas, in which case, fantastic. Just think about each of the steps in your sales route and actually consciously design them. What needs to happen? What's the perfect outcome for each of the steps in the sales route? What would the objections that the customer might have in that step be? And how could you alleviate them? How could you make this feel as smooth and as gentle as possible? If your competitors are sharp, Fantastic. That tells you that there's work to be done. And it tells you that you're going to need to be at the top of your game if you're going to be able to compete and dominate this space long term. So to recap, we looked at firstly, how your competitors calls to action are presented before the visitor lands on their website. Then we looked at how they're presenting these calls to action on their websites. Then we talked about the follow-up process. So what's a notification once someone becomes a lead? How do they get information about what's going to happen to them next? And are they always informed at where they are in the journey? Then we talked about the sales meeting, the event, whatever the thing is where someone is going to be pitching you. And then finally, we looked at what the follow-up is for unqualified customers. How useful are they to the business? Is the business extracting maximum value from them. So I hope you found this useful. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and also please leave us a review if you've enjoyed it. If you haven't enjoyed it, well, hey, subscribe anyway. Don't forget to request your free website and marketing review from the team here at ExposureNinja.com and feel free to follow us on all the social channels at Exposure Ninja. Until next week, see you soon. 